Jack. Welcome. So, why software why, say you? Software why is unique. Berkey, Soto, Young, Just Hands too. Software why is the only training camp teaching live poker strategy, turning conventional poker wisdom on its head. Software why delivers. Think and act differently. Software why is poker evolved. Want more? Show notes. Peace. Hey, Zach. Howdy, partner. <laughs> wow, you really are back in America. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. God bless. Yeah. God bless. Exactly. So, in addition to having you back in the States, uh, we have another treat today. We have um, someone who's been referred to as the nut guest, Peter O'Neill. Peter, welcome back. Thank you. I'm very, it's a very nice uh, title to have. Yeah, so not guess Peter O'Neill, do you have uh, any career updates slash hands to discuss? <laughs> I guess I have some of both. We can talk about the hand first. That's it. So this was played at the uh, Cincinnati Jack Casino. It's a 5-5 game, and we're about 1K effective. Just for a little background on the table, this is this is probably one of the tougher tables I've set in a set in a while, just because essentially the situation is there's a really good five five game going on, and this is the must move game, so it's essentially all regs, which probably changes the dynamic a little bit. Yeah, is it kind of a dynamic where people are battling, or is it more people are playing pretty snug, just kind of waiting to get into the main game? Or both? I would say it's it's a little bit of both. There's definitely some people that are looking to battle and some that are looking to just kind of knit it up. Right. Um, there have been a couple big pots. I've been involved in a couple of them, but they're mostly just coolers, mostly like people getting in stuff pretty that they should, they should, they should be getting in. Yeah. Uh, so fairly active so, pre-flop? Yeah, like... The described villain this hand earlier got in around 800 with another reg with ace-king, like early versus mid-position, which I think is like on the loose side for sure, definitely for live poker. How how deep were the effective stacks when that went in? 800 at 5-5. Five, five. Yeah. It's on the looser side, but also for the dynamic you're talking about, it seems like it's it's probably going to be correct. Most of the time, right? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's correct, but it's definitely like it. It at least shows that people aren't like knitting it up, at least. Like, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? All right. So, just a little bit of info about the villain. I haven't played with him personally a ton, but he is what I would say probably one of the better pros in the game. He normally plays. At least that's my idea of him at the time. He normally plays PLO, the biggest PLO in the room. But when that doesn't run, he'll play just the biggest no limit. Before this game started, he was sitting in a 5-10, 6 max game, which unfortunately I could not sit in at the time. But I think he, just like from the stakes I've seen him playing, I think he's a decent pro. And that's my image of him going into the game. Right. So we're in middle position with ace of spades, ace of diamonds. We open to 20, and it folds to villain who calls the big blind. 
the uh, flop comes king of clubs, ten of clubs, six of diamonds. We check uh, villain checks. I bet thirty, and villain calls. Then the turns where it starts to get interesting. Turn is the ace of hearts, and villain leads eighty five dollars. Yeah. So I guess like the question here is there is there a reason not to raise? It seems like a really strange card for villain to be leading on. Not, it's not so much that like, like you might check back some asex. I think that's somewhat likely, but I still think you have like more nut aces, and it's yeah, it just seems like a really strange play. What are you making of his range at this point? I'm not exactly sure because if I was to develop a lead range here, which I don't think I ever would, I don't think it makes a ton of sense. Like for one, I think that this turn will get bet a decent amount anyway, so if you have like some really strong value hands, it's probably just worth going for a check raise, especially 1k deep. But even just like in theory, I don't think it makes sense to have a leading range here. But if I were, it would probably mostly just be Queen Jack. I don't see as I don't see like many other hands being like strong enough to be worth leading here really, when you can't really have like the top three sets. And that was kind of what confused me about villain sizing. Because, like, if you're going to lead a range, it's just queen jack. I don't know why you wouldn't just go way bigger. Yeah. So I guess, like, I'm ready to just throw out our idea that this guy's, like, a very good player. Yeah, I'm I mean, just, I'm, I'm definitely... Just, yeah, <laughs> I'm just ready to proceed, like, otherwise. Like, <laughs> At this point, at this point, I was like, "All right, well, this is not a good play." But I'm, I am also like, this guy's like a live pro, and I'm an unknown who, like, at the at the time, has only shown down good hands. Even though I think that I kind of naturally have a more aggressive image, just because I'm a young guy. But so, like, my I thought was like, "Well, this is definitely a bad play in theory." But maybe he's trying to make some type of exploit against whoever he thinks I am. That was that was my thought. Is what this this play was. It might just be a bad play, but that's... I gave him the benefit of the doubt, at least. Yeah. So, is everyone feeling the raise? Or are you are you thinking this is a spot that you want to call because the only hand that makes sense to you is Queen-10 and everything else might just fold to a raise? Uh, well, it's, it's Queen-Jack. And so, like... Right. Queen-Jack is the nuts. My kind of thought is against... This might not be the exact, the best thought in the moment, but my thought in the moment was when I'm playing against good regs, I sort of default to at least something of a decent strategy. And I decided, or like a, a good, like fundamental strategy. And I thought that I wanted to have at least some strong hands in my turn check call range. And I immediately like thought that ten, kings and tens are much stronger raises because they block less hands that were call our raise. And I, they're essentially the same value as aces because I don't think. This guy's ever not three betting kings. He might just flat ten sometimes. So, in the moment, I actually did call, and my plan was: I'll raise most of my queen jack, I'll raise pocket kings and pocket tens, and I'll use aces as my kind of trap or whatever. Mm -hmm. The feeling that aces of those blocks the most, like sort of weird two pair type hands. That you know, I yeah, of hands like if he, if he has a hand that's not queen jack that we get value from, it's like I think it's like ace ten, ace six. Yeah, maybe pocket sixes, but like that's what that's what I was thinking. Those maybe like ace queen of clubs or something, ace x of clubs. 
those. Well, I don't block that. I guess I don't think that makes sense. But I get why those hands like are starting to get anxious. They're sort of not strong enough to check raise. I think you could consider check raising, but I think they're for the most part not strong enough to check raise. And there's like some cards that kill your action, which I guess sucks. But like, I don't know that leading small is the the solution here. Yeah, like I guess thinking back, I could very easily see like a kind of bad live reg thinking something like, but like with Ace Ten, like I don't want to check back, but I also don't think my hands like strong enough. I don't think my hands strong enough to check raise. I don't want to let them check back, so I'll just lead in Bet River. Yeah, and I think the fundamental mistake there is that you're just not checking back that much. Uh, yeah. And, like, there's also, like, the problems with what it does to your turn check call range and stuff like that, but yeah, that's another discussion. Peter, yeah, just absolutely. kind of big, big picture question on this. Even though this is a guy that you said is probably a decent pro before you saw this line and could still be a decent pro despite maybe taking kind of a suboptimal exploit against people that look like Peter line, do you, do you plan on exploiting him here once you see this kind of lead? Because I, I would think that even from like a decent pro that plays higher, this lead is just going to be value heavy. So I think that you know exploitatively we're going to want to probably increase our value raising range a little bit, make it a little bit thinner, just because maybe there's like a, a large amount of people that look like you that, that maybe have only shown on good hands that are going to be checking back turn a little bit more than you might think. Therefore, the ex, the counter exploit is just raise a little bit thinner for value. Either way, it's not so relevant to your exact hand, but just, like, are, are you trying to exploit him when you construct this range or not? Yeah, I mean, I think... I didn't think about that in the... I didn't get that far into thought in the moment, but I think, like... I definitely think we should start exploiting as soon as we see this lead. I don't think we have to wait for more info. We don't have to go crazy, but I think, like... I think Aces is kind of a, like a hand that's sort of on the edge that... We're probably just okay to go ahead and raise here for value and just because as much as I think protecting range is important against regs, I think that it's a lot less important important in live poker and especially on this board. I just don't like I can't think of a ton of bluffs here like Queen X of clubs, Jack X of clubs, like Queen Ten maybe like plays this line as a bluff, but other than that, I can't think of a ton of a ton of stuff and I, we still have like. If we want to like put some stronger hands in our like turn call range, we still have like ace king and stuff like that. So I don't think I think that in retrospect I would start exploiting this lead a little bit stronger and probably just go ahead and raise aces here. It is it is a little bit worrying that there's like if he plays queen jack this way, there's a whole sixteen combos of that, which mm -hmm. is way more than the other value hands. You could also discount some of the other value hands and put them in the three bet range. You mean his through your pre range? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, I mean, I definitely don't think he ever has kings, like, ever. And tens, I would probably discount at least 50%. Mm hmm. Maybe, maybe, maybe more based on him seeing him, like, get a nice king pre. I think, like, someone that does that is someone that's going to three bit tens from the big blind versus the middle position open most of the time. So maybe even if. You know, originally we thought we can exploit him by value raising a bit thinner. Once we do the combinatorics, if he has, if he let, even plays 50% of his queen jack this way, that's eight whole combos. And because 
we're going to think he's three bidding ace king 100% of the time, maybe king 10 off some percentage of the time, plus never has kings and tens. Well, it doesn't leave that many other kind of value hands here. I guess, you know, he, he probably has all combos of ace 10 here. So that's a lot, but. Not yeah, as, well, not my, like my decision, my, but but gets here with all his combos of ace ten. Yeah, so it's three combos. When so. we, yeah, when we have two aces, it really hurt, cuts down that, which is like part of my reason for raising kings and tens above uh-huh. aces. Obviously, I think I think that my decision to just call the turn was like partially to like keep, like to stay sort of true to theory and keep some strong hands in my range. But I was also worried about queen jack because I knew right away there's. There's a ton of queen jack combos out there. I do kind of think that with queen jack, people are more likely to either check raise this turn or lead for a bigger size. Though this just seems like a board that the preflop raiser hits hard enough that if you have a if you like if you have the nuts like queen jack, you just like want to get more money in by either check raising or leading for like an overbet sizing or something. But I obviously can't be sure about that. It's a pretty it's a pretty strong read to think of just. Without ever playing with the guy, yeah, it's uh, we're sort of balancing a few things with this scenario, and the problem is that nothing makes that much sense, so it's really hard to like have a good sense of the ratio. But you know, on the one hand, like our we don't want our opponent to like set a price, you know, for himself when we have a hand as strong as Aces, because we're not going to be able to raise, like, most river cards. Like, if we build up, sure, but most river cards we're not going to be able to raise. Because we, it's going to be really gross. We probably can't raise call. We may, I mean, maybe we would, but, like, I would much rather raise call on the turn. So, we don't want our price to get set, and if we call, we really just are putting in one bet, probably whatever the sizing our opponent chooses. We also stand to protect against any possible bluffs, even with the hand of strong aces. Although when we flat, there are some gin cards. Yeah, and then versus just like limiting our losses against what seems like kind of perhaps a nutted bet, since it's so strange. If we give our opponent a lot of credit, I do think there's something to like <laughs> inducing a raise and just like rebetting on this here with like a bluff. I think that's like a really high level thought to give this player. And I normally don't give anyone at, like, 5-5 five, five and below credit for thinking like that. Thinking on the lines of, like, okay, this guy is going to have, like, a big bet frequency and he's going to call a lot. But if I ra- if I bet small and he raises, I can 3-bet and he's going to give me credit for queen-jack a lot. And full hands, maybe as strong as ace-king. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just don't think, I don't think people do that. Especially because, yeah. like, I can also have all 16 queen-jack combos. Exactly. So. I mean, it's not, like, without risk. Yeah, if I mean, had, like, maybe if he if you, has pocket jack somehow, he does that. But, like, I don't buy that he has that. Yeah, or, like, you know, queen extra jack x of clubs is something that's maybe a little bit more worth the risk since uh, you're getting some kind of rebate. Yeah. So I, I'm coming around more to the flat. Like I said... We, you know, my initial reaction is like, can we find a reason not to raise? And I think just like being slightly concerned that this is just a very bad heavy bet is a pretty good reason not to raise. But I do think that means that we probably can't raise most rivers, like if we're going off this read. So yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, I guess one other thing I would say is that I think the biggest worry about not raising here is, one, the missed value against the worst value hands, but also the missed value slash protection against hands that, like you said, he's setting his price with. Like, I could very well see this, like, see someone playing all their nut flush draws this way. So, like, maybe... Maybe if you wanted to trap some aces for some reason, you trap with the ace of clubs, and without the ace of clubs, you raise. So, I th- like I think ace ace six of clubs is a hand I could really see playing this way as well, especially for this sizing. Yeah, it's interesting. So uh, the ace of clubs is not in play yet. Yeah. No, we have the ace of spades and ace of diamonds. Right. I, okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So the it was the king ten of clubs. King, ten of clubs, six of diamonds, okay. ace of hearts. Well, the next thing is that, like, against a facing a flush draw, we do have two chain cards. Yeah. So we don't need quite as much protection. But yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, obviously, letting a flush draw, you know, set their price here is not ideal. All right. Well, I think we've we've made some headway here. I definitely understand the flat. I definitely agree that, like, Kings, alternatively, is, like, a clear raise. And the big difference, just to clarify for listeners, is that when we have the Aces, we're just blocking a lot of ANSI 2 pairs that seem like possible holdings here. I still feel pretty strongly that we should be be raising here, especially because we're up against a player where we don't really, I think, have a great option if we, like, raise the river and get re-raised. You know, like, this isn't, this isn't a player where we could just comfortably fold the second nuts. So I think we're just missing a lot of value from worse hands now. And then also we didn't discuss this really, but the flush could come in, you know, and then we miss, we, we miss value from, from a, a lot of two pair hands um, as well as maybe the occasionally terribly played bottom set. So I think, I think we have a clear, a clear raise here, but I understand from a theoretical perspective why, you know, against, an opponent that looks very, very good that we have no experience with this is a good place to call. But after we see the lead, especially for the sizing, I thought it was a good point you made, Peter, uh, in that even if he, we do want to give him 50%, 70% of Queen Jack from leading here, we should discount that a decent amount based on the sizing. So I'm, I'm ready to get some value here and, and raise. Yeah. Yeah, I think we all think it's close. Or maybe not Zach, but I, I think it's close. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, but I understand why you guys think it's close. Yeah. All right. So on to the river club, I'm calling it. No, it's not. It's a uh, river's fairly straightforward. After we already talked about it on the turn, it's a pretty big brick. It's the five of diamonds, and villain bets two hundred twenty-five. All right. Well, so leaving leaving him with a round. Just a little less than seven hundred, but a little less, like seven hundred total. Yeah, like like seven hundred behind. Yeah, this seems like a pretty clear call. I mean, you could fold, but I, I don't think you should raise. I don't think you'd ever fold. So you think raise is totally out of the question? Yeah, I think raise is is pretty much out of the question. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I think this spot is close. I don't want to weigh in. 100% either way yet, but I think there's a good case for raising here just because the turn sizing, I think from an exploitative standpoint, makes it that even if we say he's going to have 
even as high as let's say 75% of his queen jack that he plays this way as a lead independent of bet sizing. Once we get this bet sizing, I'm comfortable making that number at least half of that. So let's say, you know, about 30% of his queen jack now. So if he has 30%, let's let's call that around five combos of queen jack. Now on the river, does that does that river bet size make it more or less likely that he has a straight? Um, I don't know what you guys think. I, I'm going to call it around neutral. What is there? What's the what's the group opinion on this? I agree. I felt around neutral, but like I thought, the hand that's really in, in between for me is sixes. But I do think that like ace ten and ace six are like may not go for this sizing. They may go for like one seventy five because th- those hands lose to a lot of stuff. I mean, maybe he thinks that when I don't raise Terran that he's more comfortable with those hands, but. Still, I like. I don't know how much to weigh in. Like in live poker, there's always the dynamic. Like, is this a big bet relative to the pot, or is this a big like bet in just absolute value? And I assume that this guy's thinking about it in like the correct way, but this is also just like kind of a larger bet. Yeah. So I just want to make some some general comments about like two five 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 pros. I mean, I know this guy sometimes is bigger, but I think. A lot of people aren't necessarily going to like size that transparently. Like I think they would choose like a size that is somewhat balanced across you know the hands that they're going to choose to bet here. I also think it's pretty common for someone to prefer to bet a hand like Ace Ten or Ace Six or Sixes than to check call, since I think people are just more comfortable putting in money that way. And I think it actually makes sense here. Getting back a little bit to, you know, turn combos. The my thinking is that like basically no hands make that much sense without some very advanced logic. So even if we can reduce Queen Jack to like five combos, like basically any hand we can reduce or not like I just my original thought was that we just weren't gonna be able to get a very good sense of what that bet, how that bet was constructed, because it just doesn't really make very much sense. So, I'm definitely not. I think it would be very bad logic to say that like this person has five combos of queen jack, and then we can assign them like all ace ten and ace six and fives, or sorry sixes. And even if we did, that would be five combos to nine combos. So it's already like kind of close. Yeah, um, I wasn't gonna, you know, just say unlimited combos for the other things. I was just going through it, starting with you know, the straight combos. And, but the, the real question I was going to get to is like, even, so let, let, let's say the additional combos of value hands that set here again are, let's say five. Are you comfortable with an approximation of five in terms of his bottom sets and his two pairs? I or think that- five is fine. Cause I do think, I think out of all the hands that we can discount based on the sizing, I do think queen jacks the most, I think queen jacks the most likely to check race turn instead of lead and the most likely to bet larger on the turn. Although, like, I think I think Queen Jacks. I think we can discount it more really from not check raising the turn versus this lead sizing. I think like if this sizing was like sixty five, I think we can be like, all right, we. Can, I think we could discount Queen Jack a lot more. But eighty five is not like a tiny bet. I'm really more leaning towards like the more I think about it, that I just really don't see why Queen Jack would not check raise this turn. Oh, I I totally agree. But like, I mean, if if that's our feeling, then I think we should have just raised the. The turn. 
So I'm sort of operating under the river, under sort of like a coherent set of assumptions that led us to just flat the turn. And under that set of assumptions, well, like I, get, I think we have a very clear flat. I guess like the important thing to remember is that my turn reasoning is like partially that I'm worried about Queen Jack, but also that like I have plenty of other value raises here and aces is just like the worst one. So like it's the best one to trap. So mm-hmm. like call, just calling the turns not just because I'm afraid of Queen Jack. It's like it's like a mix of that, and also like I want to have some strong hands. That's my fair. bigger problem with raising the river is my bigger problem with raising the river is that like even if we even if we like go crazy and say he can have like two decks as many hands that aren't value hands like aces up and sixes versus Queen Jack, like I think a good pro will against someone he perceives as maybe not super aggro. He doesn't have to call those to like a raise. Yeah. Like there's a ton of shit that beats him. Like kings, aces, tens, and all the queen jacks. Yeah. Like that's my biggest problem with the raise. I was waiting to pull out that trump card. I was I was waiting to say (laughs) and honestly talking through it, like even if we could reduce his queen jack combos to like two and a half combos and have the other ones be five, he still has to call, you know, with some of these two pair combos and maybe he even hero folds well, he probably doesn't hero fold the set. But it, he might hero fold most of his two pair combos, making this raise bad. So, yeah, I'm I'm starting to get get on the call train, but I think it is close. Yeah, I think if we were like a thousand dollars deeper, we could like make a really really small raise, kind of exploitably. Because I really like I just don't think people are going to come over the top as a three bet bluff here. I mean, even someone who plays it like. I played a decent amount of five ten, and I just don't see that in this spot when I can just so easily have the nuts, and there's like no like clear blocker or anything. Yeah, no, I agree. It's very unlikely you're going to get three bet bluff here. I also don't think that's necessarily like a strategic problem for your opponent. You know, it's like if you both just have all queen jack, it's like you just can't bluff in some spots. Yeah, I know that means you have to fold everything, but like maybe you don't. So. There's no downside to raising the nuts. Yeah. So we all kind of agree on Call the River with still like some disagreements about the turn. Yeah, I think the turn is is close. It's complex since we don't really know what our opponent's range looks like at all. I think your reasoning for including this in a calling range versus raising range makes a lot of sense to me. I'm not as concerned with balance generally, but I think like you know, beyond protecting our calling range, there are a lot of good reasons to flat a hand like aces here versus kings, which I think we all agreed was a much clearer raising opportunity. Yeah. All right, so results hit queen jack. He actually had the most annoying hand. He very confidently turned over pocket sixes. Yeah. That's the value, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um definitely like annoyed to see sixes. Thinking back, like if there's I guess if there's one hand that like fits this line the most, it's probably sixes. Because I think that I do think that the aces up might bet a little bit smaller on the river or might even get scared in check. But sixes would still bet, and I think that Queen Jack would often check race turn. But yeah, I don't know. I, I still think turn's kinda close and I feel okay knowing that I do have plenty of value raises here. I have all the Queen Jack. Kings tens. I even think like sixes is you can almost say it's the same as aces, just because we don't really think this guy's tens. So 
Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I also agree with you, Peter, that not just in retrospect, I think sixes does make the most sense. And I also think that like this is a line I might even take with sixes sometimes if I think I'm playing against someone that might just like raise go with like some of their better two pairs. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would check strongly raising. default to check raising flop. Yeah, me too. But uh, oh, uh, yeah. I guess I didn't think about getting to that point. Yeah, this is the problem with this stuff where it's but, like you, it's you're trying to construct these lines after like you know mistake. Yeah, I guess like yeah, yeah. Thinking about that, like sixes is also unlikely because I would mostly check raise flop. Mm-hmm. I really don't get. It's pretty hard to give a good argument for not check raising flop. Unless you just don't want to have any kind of check raise range, which is fun. Yeah, I guess that that, that could be potential. true. I, I, I mean, like I think that's I, a dumb strategy. I guess that's kind of. I think that's kind of what he's saying. I mean, this board is. I think this board is not quite there, but it's like a king high board, and people sometimes do that against the preflop raiser. But sixes is like unblocking worst value hands and just like absolute strength is your strongest hand here. So he's saying he doesn't have a flop check race range by calling sixes, or at least he like should be. Yeah, I think that is basically what he's saying. I think you guys were po- like, you were annoyed that he had sixes, but I think he was probably even more annoyed that you had his. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's funny. I just man, I just I have nightmares thinking, looking at his, looking at his like smug little face as he turned over sixes and just all that <laughs> lost value. <laughs> how much lost value exactly? You must be running good. We had how much? How much money back? How, how like much? Six hundred fifty bucks back. Oh, nice. Okay, just yeah, just have that image. Yeah, I mean the board can still pair on the river. That happens sometimes. But, yeah, for the six man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was saying to pay off quads, though. 